Hello, hello. Welcome to this week's episode of Ask Dr. Jessica. I am your host, Dr. Jessica Hockman. This week, I continue my discussion with pediatric dermatologist, Dr. Nicole Harder, and we talk about two common pediatric skin conditions, molluscum contagiosum and warts. Molluscum contagiosum, as its name implies, is extremely contagious and common in children. When a child gets molluscum or the common wart, many parents don't know what to do. I feel really lucky to have had the chance to talk to Nicole Harder and have this conversation recorded because she gives great advice on how to handle these pesky skin bumps. And if you know anyone who may benefit from listening to this episode, I would be so appreciative if you would share it. You spreading the word is what helps this podcast grow. How are you, Dr. Harder? I am great. Excited to be here and I'm excited to talk about some kind of creepy crawly things here a few days before (laughs) Halloween. So I thought we would talk about some common contagious uh, skin conditions in children that come up frequently uh, with children so that parents can have an idea what to look for and what to do. Um, So I thought we would start talking about something I see often, and that is molluscum contagiosum. Yes, molluscum contagiosum, or molluscum as we call it, incredibly common. Oh my gosh. You see this all the time in your office. And I see it when it's probably more severe or it's been going on a really long time and families really want guidance about what to do for treatment. It's really important to know that all molluscum does go away. It does. But it can take six months, 12 months, 18 months, 24 months, sometimes more. And none of us, unfortunately, can ever predict how long it will take. And yes, it can spread. Um, It can spread on a child's body if they're scratching it. It can spread to their siblings. It can spread to their playmates and friends at school, um, which is okay. It's going to happen. Nothing to be worried about. It's harmless, right? It's completely harmless. It's a benign viral skin infection. So it's like a wart. It's just a different virus. And kids tend to get it. We've all been exposed to it. So as adults, even if you've never had the bumps, because they cause those little pink kind of shiny bumps, they almost look like acne bumps sometimes on the skin or pimple type bumps. We've all been exposed to this virus. So as adults, we don't get molluscum. Kids get it. Their body wakes up, fights it off, and it goes away and it's gone forever. And so it's incredibly frustrating, but thankfully not dangerous at all. I actually never knew that, that the reason why adults don't get it is because we've been exposed as children. Yep. That's so interesting. Okay. So, and that's great. That's great to know. So early immunity makes a difference for later in life. It does. Yes, it does. (laughs) And, and just to describe it a little more for parents so they know what to look for, Mm -hmm. um, can you verbally paint a picture of what, what molluscum looks like on the skin? Yeah. So it's either going to be kind of skin colored to slightly pink, little tiny, how big, maybe smaller than a pencil eraser, maybe a quarter or half the size of a pencil eraser. So pretty small, a couple millimeters. And they can be kind of pink, shiny, little tiny bumps. They're totally painless, not itchy. They are usually scattered kind of on the tummy, the back. They can be on the arms or the legs. They love the fold. So they love the diaper area. They love the armpits. You can get them on the face and neck, but it's a little less common there. And sometimes they look like they have like a little molehill that has a little central dell in the middle of it. That's a classic kind of textbook term for a molluscum. And then occasionally it'll look up really red and puffy and look like there's a little white pus ball, like an acne bump or a pimple type bump inside of it. That little white ball is actually the viral particle. And so that's where the virus is living. And the body eventually kind of extrudes that. And then your molluscum is gone. The molluscum just hang out on the body. 
for a long time until all of a sudden your immune system wakes up one day and decides, okay, what's this thing in the skin? Let's fight this off. Then they go away. And they all seem to go away together. I feel like once a they couple do. go away, they all follow suit, correct? Yep. Once the immune system wakes up to the virus, they all go away and usually pretty quickly over the course of a couple of weeks. Wow. Okay. And I love that you bring up the white bump because so many people that I talk to, including even some um, medical professionals, when they see the white bump or the red swollen bump, they think it means it's infected. But how often is it truly infected? It's rarely truly infected. We've had a lot of studies on this in pediatric dermatology, actually, because they can look angry. They look red and swollen and puffy. And in another setting, it could look like an abscess or a skin infection. But this is actually a sign the body's waking up and starting to fight them off and they're going away. So I usually tell families a lot worse and then they're going to get better. So a sign of them, a really, really good sign is them looking angry, red, puffy, and swollen. They almost never need either topical or oral antibiotic treatment. Is there a go-to over-the-counter treatment if somebody, I know you said they go away on their own eventually over time, Mm -hmm. um, but a lot of parents, you know, want it to go away faster. Is there an over-the-counter treatment that you do recommend? So there truly isn't. I hear anecdotal reports. So patients and families telling me about things they tried that seemed to be helpful and it's all over the place. Um, I would say tea tree oil is the one thing that probably has the most reports behind it. But I think what's important that patients and families understand is that all of these over-the-counter treatments, including tea tree oil, are trying to generate a slightly irritating response on the molluscum to try to wake up the immune system to fight the molluscum bump off. So I'm always very wary because those irritating substances sometimes are tolerated very well and are sometimes incredibly irritating. And I can't predict that response. So there's really no go-to over-the-counter treatment that I actually think is safe and effective. Wow. Okay. So I I do recommend, you know, I've I've gone to pediatric conferences where, uh, not to, not to, mention names, but, you know, Zymoderm or Conzeral yeah. or even Retinase will be recommended as mm-hmm. uh, treatments to speed up uh, um, molluscum disappearing, but you wouldn't recommend those. So like. families tell me about the Zymoderm. I really don't have much experience with it. When it works well for them, I feel like, great, it's fine. I have had some patients get significant irritation from it. I think the vast majority of patients I see, it didn't work, but that's also probably why they're coming to see me is because they've tried some things from molluscum and they're ready to do something else. Now the topical retinoids or the Retin-A, that can be an effective treatment for molluscum. It's not my go-to because it is irritating and it takes a very, very long time to work, weeks or months even. It's also very hard to know when we're putting a substance on a molluscum bump that we know is gonna go away on its own. Did the Retin-A do anything or did the molluscum just go away on their own? Right, okay. It, is it, but is it harmful to try these over-the-counter products? Not harmful to try. I would be okay. careful with the Retin-A though, just because it can cause significant skin irritation. So if you're noticing redness, scaliness, the child is itching more now with the treatment, maybe kind of back up, back off on that. We don't want to cause a worse situation. Is there ever a time that you think it's worth treating molluscum? Like, let's say, I mean, sometimes parents have children have so many, mm-hmm. they're all over the body and they're very frustrated. Um, yes. When, when do you think it is worth seeking a dermatologist for treatment? So it's often an individual kind of patient and family situation based on how frustrated the child is, how frustrated the family is, if it's you know affecting more than one child in the household, if it's becoming stigmatizing from a social or psychosocial perspective, say they're in dance or gymnastics and 
their you know legs and arms are always out. They have molluscum all over, and they're feeling really self-conscious about it. That is a reason to treat, of course. But I prefer an in-office treatment called Beetlejuice or Cantharidin. That yes. I have this little painting. It's like a clear nail polish that I paint on each molluscum bump. It dries, it's not painful, and it creates a tiny blister on each bump in about three or four hours, and the family does have to wash it off at home. It is quite effective. Um, some kids do get some pretty significant blisters from it, I won't lie, but it's usually very, very well tolerated. They do have to come back and see me about once a month to have that treatment repeated until they stop developing new molluscum, though. That's great. Okay, good. So it's good to know. I think that's a great, these are great tips because if parents don't want to treat it and they want to wait to know it'll eventually go away, um, but if they do want to speed it up for any reason, they can see a dermatologist. Yes, absolutely. Okay, great. And um, and what about popping them? Sometimes I've had parents that want to pop the molluscum. Mm -hmm. So I never I never recommend to pop them because it can. There's the risk that it could create a true bacterial infection or scarring. Okay. Um, for older kids, like say teenagers that have a couple localized molluscum bumps, I will numb them. So put a little injection of lidocaine numbing solution into the molluscum bump and then I can actually just gently scrape off the entire molluscum bump because I'm getting rid of that little white ball the viral particle it just takes the molluscum bump with it I won't do that in young kids or someone with a bunch of molluscum because I have to put a shot into each one it's it's much much too painful and I do think there's a slightly greater risk of scarring when you're kind of doing that scraping method so don't pop the molluscum it could lead to scarring could lead to infection if you really want them treated just come on in yeah, truth be told, I did see uh, Dr. Pimple Popper uh, pop a molluscum once, and I thought, that's not the right thing to do. Right? <laughs> I would not do that. No, maybe not it was on a much older patient, but um, I, I would not pop a molluscum. <laughs> <laughs> that's great. Thanks for clearing that up for me. Um, okay. Now, a couple of psychosocial questions. One is, yeah. um, you know, you're saying you can spread it to, to friends. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of parents are, are worried. They want to make sure that their kid doesn't spread it to a playmate. Do you have any advice for parents in that situation? So I try and provide a lot of reassurance. Your child got it from someone who knows who that might be, and they may give it to someone who knows who that might be. And they may have a lot of personal guilt over that. This is part of having children in daycare and in school and in activities, which we want them in. Um, things they can do to minimize that. If there's a way to use a clothing covering, so say they can wear a long sleeve t-shirt or leggings just to cover the physical areas involved. If they're doing something like swimming, um, trying to use maybe like the long sleeve rash guard sort of swim shirt, and say they're in swim lessons or that age and they use a kickboard or they use some swim equipment, get them their own kickboard and their own swim equipment so that when they're rubbing up against it in that wet, moist, warm environment, it's just their equipment and they're not sharing it with someone else. Try and keep bath towels at home separate for siblings. And if you have two children and one has molluscum and the other doesn't, ideally having them not bathe together until the other, the one with molluscum's, molluscum has resolved. In a lot right. of families, that's not an option, right? You're just trying to get kids in the bath at nighttime. And I just tell them, you know, be aware the other one may get molluscum. It's okay. You got to do what works for your family. And that, that's a big right. part of our, my discussions with parents too. And I'm thinking too, if the average molluscum will last anywhere from six months to a year and a half, that's a long time to try to keep siblings separated, almost, I would say, impossible. Yeah. It usually only works if one sibling's like 10 and the other one is two, which is <laughs> the most common scenario. <laughs> right, right. Okay. And then another thing that comes up, just to touch upon this, um, 
some parents, as you, because you mentioned that molluscum can be in the diaper area, and I know not to bring up something on the sensitive side, but I've had parents that get nervous because molluscum is contagious and they'll send their child to, to daycare. Mm-hmm. And if they notice their child has molluscum in the diaper area, they're concerned about you know, their child's safety at daycare if there's anything funny happening. Mm-hmm. And any comments you can make on that? I mean, I just like hearing you say that it is normal to have, to find it in the diaper area. It is. It very much likes the diaper area. And, you know, if you just Google molluscum, you may see that it can be a sexually transmitted infection. When it happens in teenagers and young adults, it often is a sexually transmitted infection because it's transmitted by close, prolonged skin-to-skin contact. In children, we consider it a routine, normal viral rash that does not make my, you know, my ears stand up or make me feel wheezy or queasy whatsoever, even in the diaper area. So they may have gotten it trans, it could have been transmitted from an older child, someone touching that older child's molluscum and then normal diaper changes for your child. And that would be unfortunate, of course. And I would hope that would never happen in a daycare situation, but it could easily be what we call just like normal, benign diaper hygiene and diaper care that could have transmitted into that area on the body. Um, okay. Any, any other tips about molluscum that we, we didn't cover? No, I think, I think those are the biggest things. I love to watch and wait, but if you're not going to watch and wait, um, I like the Beetlejuice treatment. I think it's the least painful, least traumatic treatment. And I'm all about not traumatizing children for skin lesions that are otherwise benign and eventually going to go away on their own. such wise words of wisdom. Thank you. Because um, I actually have seen kids get treated for molluscum where it's blistered and, and where the, what we say is like the treatment is worse than the disease. Exactly. So. Exactly. And I, I never want to be a part of that treatment plan. That's, that's my goal. I don't want to be part of that treatment plan. All right. So, and then along the same lines as molluscum, another, as you mentioned before, um, how molluscum is similar to warts. Mm-hmm. Um, warts is something else that we deal with a lot commonly in pediatrics. I see it often on the feet, on the hands. Um, and it's on the knees and it's such a, a annoyance for families. So I thought maybe we could cover warts a little bit. Um, in general, how should parents, like what should they look out for? How should they think about warts? So warts, just like molluscum, are a virus in the skin and they can pop up especially on hands and feet. It's one of the most common locations. They can be very frustrating and very hard to treat. And unlike molluscum, they can come and go throughout the lifetime. So I'm sure as many of your listeners know, you can have warts at any any point in, in the lifetime. I think one of the biggest things I'm gonna advocate for for kids with warts is again, painless treatments. So a lot okay. of providers will use liquid nitrogen or the freezing spray on kids. It's really painful if you've ever had that done to yourself. I had it done to a plantar wart on my bottom of my foot when I was nine years old. And I literally forcibly ran from the dermatologist's office, like into the parking lot, no shoes, anything. And I was a pretty mellow kid, like screaming. I remember it. I still remember all of this. Yes, it was, it was horrible. I will not do that to a child. To a teenager that says, yes, I'm willing to do whatever it takes to get this ward away, we'll talk about it as part of the treatment process. But there is a prescription topical compound that I think is kind of magical for warts. It's called wart peel. It's also made by several other compounding pharmacies, but there's an over-the-counter treatment for warts called salicylic acid. You can buy it as compound W or Dr. Scholl's. What this prescription compound is, is a much higher strength of salicylic acid plus another prescription compound. It is so much more effective and it's generally quite painless. The compounding pharmacies set up payment with the family. Um, Unfortunately, this is not covered by insurance. It's usually between 60 and $80 for a tube of it, which will last a good long while. 
They get shipped to your house and then you put it on the wart each night until the wart literally peels off. Now it does work and it works very well. So sometimes that means that the skin around the wart can get a little irritated or peely. So I tell families to put some Vaseline or Aquaphor around the wart to protect the normal skin. You put a little dab of this wart compound on the wart and then you cover it in duct tape. It's actually part of the treatment. I know I sound crazy. The duct tape is part of the treatment. You do this every night, you take out the duct tape in the morning, and then a couple weeks, the wart's likely just gonna peel away. And I think it's the most painless treatment option we have for warts. And I do think, especially if warts are on the fingers, it is important to get control of them, especially because in young kids, their fingers are often going, fingers are often going on their face or in their mouth. Then you can transmit them to the facial area and they're much, much more challenging to treat. And so when you say, you know, that compounding pharmacy, just so, so people are aware, that means that you'd have to go to the doctor and get a prescription for it, right? Yes, absolutely. So if you're really looking to do something at home, the best thing you can do at home is get that over-the-counter salicylic acid, put a little dab on the wart, and put a piece of classic duct tape over the top. I usually, I usually say classic silver duct tape, but duct tape comes in all sorts of like Hello Kitty and Paw Patrol and whatever it might be these days, but you need to put duct tape on top of it. The reason for that is the salicylic acid helps thin out the wart. It takes, warts are like a thick, thick mound of skin that the, the wart virus causes the, the skin, the top layer of the skin, the epidermis to get super thick. The salicylic acid helps thin that out. And then every time you remove the duct tape, it peels off that dead layer of wart. So it's really ah. a part of the treatment. Um, okay. And there's a lot of good evidence about it. Sometimes you can just use duct tape for warts, but I think if you do the salicylic acid and duct tape and you find the wart early and start treatment early, it's gonna be much, much more effective and maybe only take a couple weeks to go away. Once a wart is really established, it can take many, many rounds of treatments, many rounds of treatments and years. We're talking two, four, five, six years to go away. Wow, okay. Yeah, I've seen that before, definitely where warts are very stingy. They like to yes. they get comfortable. Yes. So, okay, so, and I know there's different percentages of salicylic acid, I know there's a range mm -hmm. over the counter. Is there a first percentage that parents should look for? 17 and 20% is what I routinely recommend to start with. Okay. There is a one brand that makes a 40% that I do yes. like, um, especially for larger, thicker warts, especially planter's warts, because the bottom of your feet is really, really thick skin to begin with. So anywhere between the 17 and 40%, but I think the 17 to 20 is a good starting point. Okay. And then they come in so many, you know, formulations. You can get the band-aids, you can get the, mm -hmm. it can paint on. Is there a favorite uh, within that that you like? Yeah. I personally like the kind where you can paint it on because then I want them to put the duct tape on top of it. The one impregnated in a band-aid is convenient, but then you're not getting kind of that exfoliative action from taking off the duct tape. Okay. Thank you. I mean, this may sound uh, naive on my part, but I've always recommended duct tape, but I thought the, I knew it was better than placebo, but I thought it was working because it was somehow smoldering the virus. Um, hey, but it's, it's because it peels off the, it's the top it, skin it's layer. It's peeling off the, the dead skin layers. Oh, that's great. Thank you. Okay. Yeah. And then the compounding substance, is it salicylic acid? The one that the doctor would prescribe, it's salicylic mm -hmm. acid. Do you do the 40% in that case? Um, no, the compounded is actually, it's a 70% salicylic acid. And the second medication is called 5-fluorouracil which if a family looks up, it's gonna look really scary because that we actually use it as a, a skin treatment. chemotherapy cream for people that have precancers and early skin cancers. The reason it works for chemotherapy on the skin is because it targets rapidly dividing cells, while a wart also causes rapidly dividing cells. So we're not giving your child chemotherapy in 
the true sense of the word. It's just one other medication that really targets the the bulk of where the wart is coming from, which is those rapidly dividing cells. Would you ever recommend, like, let's say there's a, a really, there's a, a plantar wart that's been there for years. Do you ever think there's a role to do multiple treatments, like the liquid nitrogen, you know, to freeze it and to do the salicylic acid and to do the duct tape? Absolutely, especially in larger and more stubborn warts that have been there for a long time. Usually it's multi-modality therapy. If I have an older patient who is, you know, says, yes, I'm willing to endure some discomfort, I will freeze it. I will do, um, there's a certain injection I can do to actually stimulate the body's immune system to hopefully fight off the wart. So I'll freeze, I'll do injections, and I'll have them doing either the salicylic acid over the counter or the prescription compound at home. And then they're still coming back to see me usually once, once a month so we can get control of it. That's what I've always learned. The, the more the more you make that wart uncomfortable on your body, the better. Like the more yes. you can treat it, the better. It, it's so true. Um, and what about avoidance? Is there anything parents should think about with their children to avoid getting warts, or is it just sort of you know it is what it is? A little bit of both. I think one thing you can do is have. Um, have good foot care practices, especially if you're around a pool deck, having always having shoes on, and then especially in locker rooms, always having um, shower shoes, flip-flops on in the locker room. Large, moist, wet, damp, shared environments is where wart virus loves to live. So really in those locker rooms and those shared pool decks, always trying to have just a cheap pair of flip-flops around so they can try and prevent getting the wart inoculated into their feet. It's harder with hands because that's usually more skin-to-skin -skin contact. So we just do our best. Good hand washing, right? Cure for right. That's fantastic advice. Thank you so much. I'm so appreciative of your time. Of course. And, thank uh, you so much. It was fun chatting with you. You taught me a lot. So thank no, you. No, it was, it was so much fun. I really appreciate being part of it.